thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome to another amazing episode of Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And today we are talking to an absolute superstar, someone we love and adore and have so much regard and respect for as a person, but also as an amazing uh, nutritionist and science researcher. And we love her. And Andrea is going to share you a little bit more about who this amazing guest is that we have today. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Ash. I am so, so excited to have the incredible Cindy O'Meara on the show today. Uh, Cindy is, like you said, Ash, an absolute superstar. I was going to call you a rock star, Cindy, but I think we're kind of, we'll leave that label to Damo because he he's kind of owns that one there. Um, and Cindy is, she's an amazing nutritionist, but she's definitely not your typical nutritionist, which is what we just absolutely love. She is the founder of Changing Habits, uh, which is an incredible, almost con- conglomerate of food products, food education, um, and nutrition education as well. She's the author of the best-selling book, Changing Habits, Changing Lives. Uh, she's one of our fellow Wellness Couch podcasters and one of the stars of Up For A Chat. And now she is the producer and the absolute expert on the What's With Wheat documentary, uh, which is so amazing. Not that she doesn't have enough to do already. We'll just add that into the mix. Um, one of the reasons why we love Cindy so much and why I said that she's definitely not your typical nutritionist um, is because she is so on board with what we are all about and what we have talked about on so many episodes so far. So she absolutely disagrees with the whole low-fat fad. Um, She disagrees with low-fat diets, fad diets. And one thing that is absolutely amazing is that Cindy has actually never taken antibiotics. She has never taken painkillers or any other pharmaceutical medication in her life. So she is such an incredible picture of health and it's for a very, very good reason. Um, So Cindy, thank you so much for being on Wellness Women Radio today. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, Ashley. Um, Cindy, can you just, for for the purpose of our listeners, can you let us know how you got into essentially where you are today? So can you sort of unpack your health journey for us? Because your dad was a pharmacist, right? That's right. He was. Which I think um, is such a paradox that he was a pharmacist, yet you've never had antibiotics and you've never taken pharmaceuticals. How did that happen? Well, uh, Dad was a pharmacist for six years in in Wellington and he had this one client that used to come in and he'd ask for um, this pink, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a pink stuff that stopped his indigestion. And he realised that this guy was coming in and he saw him in the street and he said, you know, you know why, why are you not taking this pink medicine anymore? And the guy said, oh, the quack up the road fixed me. And <laughs> my, my dad goes, well, who's the quack up the road? And he says, he said his name and he said he was a chiropractor. Now, this was back in the 50s. You've got to remember this. And it was in the beginning of when chiropractic was introduced into New Zealand. And my dad went and saw the chiropractor. It was really interested how this could happen. And he was so uh, taken by this gentleman that he quit pharmacy. He started painting for 12 months, made enough money to move to America, where he went to Palmer College of Chiropractic and became a chiropractor. And that's where he met my mum, who was from a farming family. She was the oldest of 11, seven oh, boys. Yeah, the oldest of 11. Um, so my grandfather was an, um, 
a corn farmer, but very much against the chemical revolution that was happening, um, that started to happen in the 40s and 50s. And anyway, they, mum and dad met and um, they moved to Australia and um, and my dad's whole thinking about how he was going to bring his children up was he had seen what medications had done um, to many of his older patients or clients, I should say, in that, you know, they might come in for an ache at the age of 70 on one medication and then by the end of the year they could be on seven. So he decided that unless it was a life-threatening situation in our lives that we would never take medications, uh, that we would be brought up vitalistically under chiropractic care um, with good food, which my mum, because she was from a farming background, um, made everything from scratch. There were no grocery stores in the 60s and 70s. We, My mum went to the local fruit and veggie shop. Um, there was a Chinese takeaway because we are in Bendigo and that was where all the Chinese were. And she would take her stainless steel pans, pots and pans down and we'd get takeaway once a month. Um, so, you know, this was the way um, I was brought up and, and I brought my children up the same way. My children are all in their 20s, no medications, no antibiotics, no painkillers. Um, so basically, um, it's a different way of being brought up, but I think it's a, a way that people are now awakening to realizing that we've been duped into believing that a white pill will make us feel better as opposed to maybe we need to look at food, um, have chiropractic care, you know, get outside, have great um, connections, do some exercise. And um, thank goodness, you know, it's not been many decades that we have believed that we could um, dupe our bodies into um, a false sense of security of taking away the symptoms. Um, so I'm really glad that this is stopping and that people are awakening. And um, I guess the nutrition is part of it, chiropractic care is part of it, um, exercise, movement, sunshine, connection. You know, this is all part of us being uh, living a vitalistic life. Awesome. Oh, we so love all of that. And and what a fascinating journey to have your dad with that experience and seeing how unwell people were within that model and then completely, you know, changing his life up, up um, hauling his family and, and going off to commit to something that he so believed in. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And kind of similar to, to what you've done, Cindy, in the sense that you've kind of put so much on the line and you've gone and created this incredible documentary um what made you go down that route what made you want to make what's with wheat well basically i had an issue five years ago it wasn't a big issue and not an issue enough that i was in a lot of pain or anything like that but they were niggling you know and it was my body banging me on the head saying something's wrong you better do something about it but of course I didn't really listen because I'm thinking I'm under chiropractic care. I do everything right. I eat the same foods I've always eaten. Never had this issue before. What what is wrong with me? And so I was getting uh, sore back. So 18 months of a, a sore back where I'd have to stretch it out. A very sore hip. A friend of mine who was under chiropractic care and from a chiropractic family had just had a hip replacement. She was a decade older than me. And I'm like going, no, I'm not going down that avenue. Um, getting anxiety at three in the morning. So this was in my 40s, this was happening. And wow. I thought something's, what is wrong? You know, how can this be? You know, of all people, this should not be happening to, you know, you get into this little tantrum. And then I went, okay, if I continue to do what I'm doing right now, I'm going to continue to get these results and they're going to get worse. I have to do something different. 
And because I'm a nutritionist and because I was under chiropractic care, so structurally I was doing okay, but I had inflammation. So I decided, right, I'm going to do an elimination. So I went, because I'd done anthropology through school and I understood how we ate um, for, you know, for the last million and a half years, I thought, why don't I go back to my hunter-gatherer type of eating? So this was, I think, before paleo really started. Um, before all of that started, I just went, right, I'm going to go off all grain. I'm going to go off any any fruits that would may not have been around. I'm going to just eat meat and I'm going to eat greens. <laughs> and that's all I did. And in three weeks, um, and uh, by the way, I'd been putting on weight slowly over the last two years um, mm. building up to this. So everything was just not, you know, it wasn't going the well as well as I was hoped it would go when I hit my 50s, you know. So I lost nine kilos in weight in three weeks. I lost all my back pain. I lost all anxiety. Um, I didn't realize how foggy my mind was. My clarity of mind changed in 10 days from confusion and fogginess to, uh, and I hope your listeners understand this, like I was one with the universe. It was almost mm -hmm. like a spiritual experience I'd never felt before. I actually rang a girlfriend saying, I don't know what's happening to me right now, but this is how I'm feeling. I've never seen so clearly in my whole life. Wow. And yeah, it was amazing. And then my hip pain disappeared. Everything disappeared. That's in incredible. Yeah, incredible, Cindy. And I think that's amazing too because um, this is something that so many women are dealing with, just not feeling 100%, just not sure why that is and, you know, not, I guess, intuitively enough being able to say, oh, could it be something else? Because I, I know from our experiences in practice as well, a lot of people have gone down the conventional path. They've got testing. They've come back. They're not celiac positive. Um, and they, they think, well, I'm not celiac, so it can't be the wheat. And they don't think that that could be a process of elimination that might be able to solve that problem. And that really comes back to that uh, age-old concept of, you know, let food be thy medicine. But also it's acknowledging this, I guess, something you've also said in the past as well, that we're living a modern life in an evolutionary body. And that's, I thought it was interesting that you went back to go back to basics in order to move forward in your health and well-being. That's right. And, and that's what I did. And then I introduced foods as our hunter-gatherer would have introduced foods. So the last thing I introduced was grain. And the minute I introduced wheat, overnight I gained 700 um, grams, which is a lot, and yeah, that's, that's water. Huge. That's not fat. Yeah, yeah fluid that, retention. That's not. Yeah, that's just fluid retention, which I knew I was inflamed. I got backache. Uh, I just like everything came back. My mind, my, my mind went foggy, and that's when I questioned, well, what's with wheat? Why would wheat be my problem? And so then I went on a bit of a journey, and it wasn't in Australia that I could find this information. I had to go to America, but thank goodness, you know, podcasts were starting, summits were happening. Yeah. Um, so I got onto as many podcasts and summits as I could that had to do with, uh, well, paleo was beginning then, and um, so all of that was was starting in the US. So I listened to everybody, read everybody's book, and then Wheat Belly came out. I think the following year, mm -hmm. read Wheat Belly, then Grain Brain by Perlmutter, oh, read that fantastic and then book. I, yeah, David oh, yeah, Perlmutter's work is incredible. Absolutely. But I also found two chiropractors that in the I think before 
Wheat Belly and Grain Brain came out, wrote a book called um, Lose the Lose the Grain, Lose the Weight, Lose the I can't remember exactly what it was called, and I'm just trying to look in my book, um, my lots, my whole lot of books to see if I can find that book. But they were two chiropractors that wrote about it, so I got their book, and and then it was, you know, there's this. In the 60s and 70s when I was brought up, there was not this wheat issue. Why was there a wheat issue now? And and then all of a sudden my son started to lose his hair and I started to read up on, surely at you know, 21 this shouldn't be happening. So I started to read up on it and I realised that alopecia, and they don't know what male pattern baldness is. They, you know, they'll assume it's a gene but they haven't found the gene. So I went, okay, well, maybe it's alopecia. So we put him on a wheat-free diet. All hair loss stopped. Hair started to grow back. And, awesome. and this is when I went, you know what, something's happening. And the more I researched, uh, and then my husband just said, instead of writing a book on it, why don't you do a documentary, which is far more expensive than a book, I can tell you that now, <laughs> but so much more fun. I had so much fun doing this and meeting all these amazing gurus out there and um, people that had written books like Sarah Ballantyne and Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride and Dr. Terry Walls and all of these people that had, had autoimmune diseases or children that had autoimmune diseases and they were able to... Um, give their body that relaxation away from gluten and back to real foods and had miraculous uh, reversals of their autoimmune diseases such as multiple sclerosis um, and, and Sarah Ballantyne, you just read a page of everything that was wrong with her. You know, it was just not one thing, it was many things. And Dr Natasha Campbell-McBride with autism and, and so on and so on. And it was just to meet these people, to to be with them for three hours plus to, to ask them exactly the same questions and them all say the same thing from all parts of the world, from India to England to New Zealand, Australia, the US, made me um, realise that this is a global issue and this is um, a problem that the word needs to get out and, yeah, that's where we, why we did the doco. Oh, look, when I watched it, I couldn't believe how quickly an hour and 20 went. I was just enthralled because everything led into another thing with such flow and, and really helped to establish some great understanding because there's a lot of critics out there who challenge the idea that this is just another reactive response and this is just the nutritionists and foodies trying to um, outweigh the benefits of medicine with, with food. But really when you start to look at the, the why one question i'd love you to answer for the ladies listening today is why is it that modern wheat is so much a problem why is there this push towards ancient grains or a wheat-free living well the i like that's what the whole documentary is actually about and what yeah. we identified was you know there was at least 14 things that have been done to modern wheat since about the the 30s so from the beginning of the refinement where they started to take out the germ and the bran and then because there were nutritional deficiencies in world war ii they started to add in vitamins and minerals to us eating more with the beginning of breakfast cereals. And then Ansel Keys, who was the father of the low-fat movement, where fat was good and, and carbs were great, we ate more and more of these 
carbs. Then wheat being a subsidised commodity, um, it then also being something that we manipulated with hybridisation, like taking grains from, you know, Japan, which was Noreen, and then getting other ones and manipulating something that would never hybridise um, to now having clearfield wheat. And clearfield wheat is a, a wheat that is hybridised with the use of, uh, of a chemical that if this chemical is very, very dangerous, that if somebody swallows it or is poisoned by it, they say, do not give mouth to mouth because the poison will just kill you. So this is what's happened to our wheat. And then the chemical revolution. And I think the most disastrous thing of all was not only were we eating more, it was manipulated, hybridized and chemicals being put on it, but a new chemical um, was added to the mix by, um, in the chemical, in the agriculture, by killing the wheat before it was harvested so it would sprout more grain so the yield would be greater but it would kill off the stalk and the harvest would be easier and this is called uh, glyphosate mm. or roundup is its is its real name now roundup isn't only just sprayed on wheat it's sprayed before the wheat's planted it's sprayed on your sports ground it's sprayed um in Australia, glyphosate, which is the main ingredient of Roundup, is in 400 applications around our our foods and our sports grounds and our council areas and our golf courses. And glyphosate has the uncanny ability to stop a pathway that bacteria do called the shikimate pathway. And they always said, well, it doesn't affect human cells. But remembering that and we talk about this in the film, that we are 90% microorganisms and we have bacteria in us that create and make the shikimate pathway in order for us to have our neurotransmitters. Now, when you have a look at the amount of mental illness, nervous system issues, multiple sclerosis, lupus, um, ataxia, all of our nervous system problems that are happening at the moment, um, they're being affected because we're not making the neurotransmitters or actually our bacteria aren't making the neurotransmitters and therefore our nervous system can't communicate. And the nervous system, as you girls well know, is so important for everything that the body does. It's, a, it's, it's so important that it communicates that to, from the brain to the fingers to move. It communicates um, what the body should be doing. The gastrointestinal tract has a lot of the nervous system around it. Our brain um, is all nervous system. So when you realise that this, this insidious, um, you know, glyphosate or herbicide is not only killing the bacteria in our body but killing the bacteria in the ground, which then doesn't allow our beautiful plants to pull up minerals from the soil so not only is it destroying those two things we're not getting the minerals from our our food supply um, and therefore other things are going wrong in our body so i look it's like this cascade of events that have happened to in our food supply um, but wheat being the most problematic thing because it has a protein in it number one called gluten but it also has a a polysaccharide in it called fructan, which breaks down into fructose, which now we're having fructose malabsorption. So you can see that it's not just the gluten that's the issue, but it's it's also um, our fructose that is, is a problem in the wheat. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and this is kind of scary that something so simple that is so pervasive through everything is creating the kind of effects that it does. And when we think of typical gluten or, or wheat sensitivities, you know, someone might think of bowel changes like maybe constipation, diarrhea, bloating, uh, you know, irritable bowel type symptoms along that spectrum. But what other symptoms could someone be having if they weren't having those, you know, classic kind of gut related symptoms in Because I know that you talk about a full spectrum of things, including autoimmune diseases as well. Yeah, so what we're finding is that um, let's just look at gluten to begin with. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't got celiac disease, you've been you know, you've gone for a, a test and you haven't got celiac disease and you don't have a wheat allergy, that doesn't mean that you do not have a gluten sensitivity or a fructose malabsorption. And if it is gluten sensitivity, it can affect the body um, in two ways. It can either um, perpetuate or instigate an autoimmune disease, and there are 200 plus autoimmune diseases that are now marked in you know medical textbooks or it can create um, what we call an inflammatory response and that inflammatory response can hit any part of your body so for me it was hitting my joints my back my hips um, and it was also affecting my nervous system because I was getting anxiety so um, and brain fog as well so we have to, a lot of people are, are so against this idea of non-celiac gluten sensitivity, but the textbooks are out, the research is out. I was talking to Alessio Fasano and I said to him, um, by the way, he's a gastroenterologist, that all he does is work on gluten gut and non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And I asked him this question. I said, what part of the body is affected with non-celiac gluten sensitivity? And he paused and he said, every part of the body can be affected. So it could be your skin, it could be migraines, headaches, it could be fingernails, hair falling out, thyroid and so on. But what I then asked him was I said, how do we know whether or how does it affect somebody's thyroid versus somebody's skin versus somebody's joint? And you know what he said to me? He goes, Cindy, when you figure that out, you'll get the Nobel Prize. He said, we don't know. And it could have something to do with our microbiome affecting our genetics. And he says, we don't know, but we're working on it. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. And it makes so much sense because we see so many patients that have a full spectrum of um, very random symptomatology. And we know, and if we, you know, if they even just do something simple, like keep a food diary and match the symptoms to that, they can see directly how wheat and gluten is affecting, you know, the, the symptomatology that they're having. So their body is giving them incredible warning signs that this is not okay and that they're reacting to something. And now it's just a matter of actually, you know, properly listening to that. Um, so there's a lot of um, feedback that's come through from like, you know, the nutrition association and the dietitians and, and those sorts of things that say that going gluten-free or wheat-free is dangerous, which is so ridiculous. Um, and they're saying that it's dangerous because we're missing out on fiber, you know, essential nutrients like iron, folate, niacin, those sorts of things. What can you, can you speak to that? Would you really like me to tell you what I really think about that statement? <laughs> I would love to, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just I have to laugh at them because I haven't done their, their studies very well. Okay, 
I'm just going to do an anecdotal. I've been off wheat for five years. I haven't touched the stuff. I am so good at yoga now. Five years ago, I couldn't touch my toes. You know, <laughs> I am so limber and I feel so good off it. Uh, I like if you say like, all right, let's let's just take cultures around the world. Let's have a look at the the Hadsas in Tanzania. They don't eat any grain. They live into their 70s, their wiry, energetic um, race. Let's look at the Himbas in Namibia. They eat nothing but meat and dairy. They have no grain. Um, occasionally they'll get corn, but if you get the ones in the coca land, they don't have any corn and they are the most amazing people. I met an 80-year-old. Uh, they don't really know their age, but they can't, you kind of figure it out by what they talk about. And she was... Um, carrying this amazing bundle, she was, she she wasn't stilted in any way. She was limber. She was absolutely amazing. Um, you can go up to the Pamir, um, and uh, you'll see a group of people up there that live on nothing but meat and dairy, fermented dairy. So for uh, um, for dietitians to say that they're so involved in their own little world in Australia that they haven't looked outside to see other cultures. Um, and other races that don't have any grain in their diet or any wheat in their diet. And some of them don't even have vegetables in their diet. For instance, if you have a look at um, the Inuits, they only eat blubber uh, for the most part with a little bit of greenery every now and then. So I think um, that they need to step outside of their own um, education, which I did. I did my Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition at Deakin University in the 1980s, about to go and do dietetics and just could not agree with anything that I was learning because I was very fortunate to go out and see the world before I started it. And I did anthropology and cultural anthropology and, and realised that what we are learning in our own little world here is not what is happening in the big picture out there. So, you know, when I hear that statement, I just kind of just laugh. I, I just It's laughable. I'm sorry, but that is just the most ridiculous statement because there are other places that we can get our B vitamins. In actual fact, if your microbiome is working well, it, it will make all your B vitamins. If, um, with, if we stop killing the soil um, is microbiology you can and you can do this in your own garden at home throw some lettuce seeds down and you'll grow the most amazing lettuce that will have that all of those minerals that you need in there so I look I'm yeah I would have liked to have said it in one word but I didn't <laughs> And the interesting thing there, Cindy, is you've also outlined some incredible cultures that have either absolutely zero uh, recognition of things like diabetes and heart disease and cancer, some of those Nothing. chronic lifestyle diseases that here in the West, it's commonplace. And that's probably what's led you into this pathway is because the sheer frustration and sadness looking at the future of where our country is going, if this is the health of the next generation. Oh, it's really scary because you have to remember that these kids that are being born today um, are not well. They've got guts, gut issues um, that are not good. And um, more and more, you know, autism is, is growing. Allergies tenfold in 10 years. It's just ridiculous. And that's because their gut is compromised. Why is their gut compromised? Well, partly from the food that they're eating, partly from the amount of antibiotics that we're giving, partly some of them might be C-sections. And there's there's a whole array of things that we need to look at. We just don't look at wheat. Everyone says to me, oh, is, here we go, another 
one pill wonder or one food wonder. Mm. No, that's not what this is about. This is about me saying, wake up everybody. This is what's happening to our food. The last thing I say in the movie is this, the story of wheat is the story of food. We must become educated and start protecting ourselves as mothers. And for those women that are out there that are uh, thinking, you know, about becoming pregnant, you know, fix up your house first, get it. And I'm talking about your body. Fix up the male and the female house first. Make sure that you bring into the world the healthiest baby that you can bring in. And, you know, I'm just doing um, some study on the microbiome at the moment. I'm, I'm releasing a 10-week course on it. And, you know, you realise the importance of um, if we can have a vaginal birth, a vaginal birth, uh, the, the importance of breast milk and um, and how this helps with the integrity of the gastrointestinal tract. And then we might be able to eat these foods that are, are now seen as major allergens. Um, but until we start to do that, we're just going to get sicker and sicker throughout our generations because this is a, um, a generational thing. You know, as one gets weaker, then the next one gets weaker. And um, and I, I just want to get out there and tell people, you know, wake up. Let's let's change this. Let's not continue the way we're going. And I think the world is waking. And, you know, look at all these amazing podcasts that are out there, including yours, that are giving information to women, especially childbirth, bear, you know, aged women, the ones that are ready to give birth or have given birth. It's important we educate them as well as, you know, as well as our men. And you're doing an incredible job of that. And we're just, uh, yeah, we can't praise your work enough. I do want to just ask you to quickly uh, give our listeners a rundown because we got uh, an interesting episode earlier in the year and I was surprised when my organic shampoo had uh, wheat germ extract in it. And I was wondering why I was having a response to my organic shampoo that is supposed to be fragrance-free and SLS and paraben-free and all of these things. And I got a rude shock when I really read down every last little ingredient and thought, what the heck? Why would they have wheat germ extract in there? What are some of the hidden sources that our ladies listening can have a little look for in their lifestyle? Because if it's not overt, such as in the food they're eating, where else might they be getting exposed to some of this uh, this wheat or wheat-based products? Supplements. Wow. So, yeah, vitamin C is actually made from wheat. Um, it's not extracted from food. I, I don't touch ascorbic acid. It's actually ascorbic acid. It's not vitamin C. Ascorbic acid means a ascorbic stop scurvy it's not vitamin c so um i always go for a plant uh, based vitamin c which is camu camu or kakadu plum which is available in the kimberley region just north of you guys um and then if you have a look some of the excipients within the capsules of supplements have um some sort of wheat based product medications I've even seen thyroid medications with wheat in it. Oh now, God. one of the things that we know, if you have a thyroid condition, do not eat gluten, do not eat wheat. You know, that's that. I, I thought that that was common knowledge, but it's obviously not because when you see it in the medications, you're just perpetuating the issue. Um, so medications, vaccines um, have wheat as an, as an adjunct because it stimulates the immune system. Hmm, funny that they would, you know, Funny that they, they say that gluten doesn't affect anything if you're not a celiac or got wheat allergy, yet they 
they won't look at non-celiac gluten sensitivity and the effect of inflammation, and yet it's used as an adjunct within our um, some of our vaccines, not all. Um, it's found in shampoos. It's found in shampoo. Um, sorry, conditioners. It's found in makeups, cosmetics. I even found out that they make doors with wheat. I didn't know this. <laughs> a, a door, like a door in the house. Yes, oh they make goodness. doors with wheat. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, and Cindy, one thing that we always forget is the wheat-based sugars um, because, mm. you know, everyone's on school holidays at the moment um, here in WA and every kid that I've been checking has been showing up with pancreas reflexes going crazy because they're all eating lollies. Um, and some of these kids are really wheat sensitive and the parents just forget that glucose is a wheat-based sugar, right? Definitely. Glucose is made from wheat, maltodextrose, dextrin. Um, you know, they can make anything from wheat. So be very aware. That's why what I do is I'm, I'm the one ingredient pantry. <laughs> Everything in my pantry is one ingredient. Or if it's something I make at Changing Habits, that's a bit different. So I make a, a seaweed salt that has two ingredients, seaweed and salt. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but I have a one-ingredient pantry and that way I know what is going into my food supply. I make my own mayonnaises, my own pestos, and you're the home of Thermomix over there. So get a Thermomix, everybody, because <laughs> it'll save you a fortune in buying all of these foods that are um, made properly because we're, you know, we're not the multinationals. We're the little people that are doing, um, you know, cottage industries. So go and find your own Thermomix, buy your own Thermomix and start making your own pestos and your tomato sauces and your, um, you know, your mayonnaises and, and all of those things. And then you just have this beautiful array of single ingredients in your pantry and your fridge and you can make a thousand recipes from it and make it easy you know you have 10 recipes that you know um and that you can do so i have about four recipes that i do for breakfast but right at the moment it's lettuce down tomatoes um cucumber and then i i coddle my eggs so poach them or boil them i should say um I'll, i've got this great uh, nitrate free bacon i'll make up some bacon and and i don't know just you throw it all together and then i got mayonnaise and a bit of hummus and bob's your uncle you got it made you got the best breakfast that's my favorite at the moment but that could change <laughs> sounds yeah, delicious amazing. cindy if someone is gluten intolerant will they be gluten intolerant for life well, one of the things that um, they're recognising is that um, the gluten in the modern wheat is is vastly different to the gluten in our ancient wheats, which is wheats mm -hmm. that are called emmer wheat or einkorn. And, and that's not C-O-R-N, that's K-O-R-N, and it's E-I-N-K-O-R-N. It's also our kamuts, and a spelt is about 5,000 years old. So what they did in Italy is they did some testing, and they only got a group of 20 people but they divided them into one group they gave pastas and breads and everything made from modern wheat the other group they gave pastas and breads and muffins made from our ancient wheats they asked them for how they felt so they they you know they had a how do you feel has your gut issues you know things like that and they did those but they also took blood samples from both groups and they took inflammatory markers and inflammatory markers meaning um like alpha gliadins and um your igs as as well as c-reactive proteins and homocysteine and things like that so they tested for these and they found that the group that did the um 
ancient wheats, all their inflammatory markers were down. The ones that ate the modern wheat foods, all their inflammatory markers were up. Interesting. So can people eat gluten if they heal their gut? If they eat ancient grains, they may be able to eat it without having the effect. But I just need people to know if they have an autoimmune disease and they set off their autoimmune disease by having a microgram of gluten or wheat, then that autoimmune disease may continue for up to three months. Wow. So, so yeah, one very, tiny little mouthful yep. for three months. That's it incredible. Yeah. So three months is probably... Um, one of the greatest amounts, sometimes it'll, you know, maybe 24 hours, 48 hours. People know this. So if you have an autoimmune disease that's debilitating, I wouldn't be even trialing it. Yeah. But if you are like me, I don't have an autoimmune disease. I, I, I just obviously had non-celiac gluten sensitivity. If I have wheat now, my right little finger hurts. <laughs> I love that that's your, you, your body's giving you signals. That's its little whispers there. That's my little whisper. So that tells me that I still have non-celiac gluten sensitivity and that I'm not ready to eat wheat. But at least I don't get the low back pain, the right hip pain um, and everything. But, you, you know, like going off wheat for a long period of time, which mine's been five years, I've become more limber. My skin's no longer dry. My hair is definitely no longer dry. I'm noticing all these amazing things that um, I hadn't noticed ha was happening in that first 12 months going off it. I was noticing the, the obvious things. But, yeah, it's just you wait. If people do this and, and a lot of people go, oh, it's too hard, I can't do it, how do I socialise? And we have questions like this all the time. If, if you have enough pain with this, and this makes you feel so much better, you will get through all of these things. But that's what we do um, at Changing Habits is that we have a program called the Six Weeks No Wheat Program, which helps people through this and, and helps them navigate to get rid of all the things that we've been talking about and, and recipes and things like that. And then um, you know, coaches them through it. And, and that's what we need. Sometimes we need support. Some women can do this without support. They'll go off and do it and they'll figure it all out and they'll know what to do. But there'll be other women that need nurturing and they'll need support and they'll need help and they'll need to know the answers to the people that say, oh, what are you doing that for? That's so stupid. Why do you do that? You know, <laughs> which women do, don't, you know. We, Certainly. We have, it's usually yeah. our group closest to us, isn't it? The people around us are the closest that often challenge us because um, they either don't understand or don't know what we're learning on this journey. And that's what happens to a lot of our listeners. We get questions and feedback because they're on that journey, but maybe the people closest to them are not there yet. And that's why we loved your mm. documentary so much because our big encouragement in the last few episodes, we said, look, watch this, grab your husband, grab your family. It is family friendly. You can sit around the television together. And you can watch this and understand more. And then as a as a family unit, it makes sense why when you say we're going gluten-free in this house, it makes sense because everyone's seen this. They understand the why. And that's been a really big thing that people have said. They said, look, I've been, you know, gluten-free for three years. Nobody understands me. I'm going to show them this documentary. And so it's an hour and 16 minutes and it's about um, – you know, if, if you've got someone close to you that really doesn't understand it or you've got a grandmother where you said, my child is not to have, you know, lollies or gluten or something like that, well, then this explains it. And 
um, hopefully, you know, they're on board with you. So it was about getting all that information together, making it simple and and helping people navigate this this um, thing that's happening in the world at the moment. And um, I, look, me, I love making bread. I love making muffins and cakes. And that was my thing that I love to do. I'm a baker. And then um, all of a sudden I had to stop. I just stopped it all. And, and, then, I didn't... and then you got your Thermomix and the world was good again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never went to fake pastas or f- like it's like no. being vegetarian and eating fake meat. Like, go away. I don't want to do that. <laughs> this was about, all right, I can't eat bread, so I'm not making fake bread. I can't eat pasta. I'm not having fake pasta. I'm just going cold turkey. I'm just not going to, you know, make believe that I'm doing something. And, and that's one of the things that we do address in the, the documentary is all of these gluten-free products out there, be very aware of them. Most of them are just littered with additives, preservatives, flavorings, fake this, fake that. And you, you just can't go there. That doesn't work. You have to become the Thermomix whiz queen, <laughs> the one ingredient pantry whiz queen. And you have to put a bit of effort in in the beginning, but then it becomes easy. You know, I travel the world. I was in, in Peru just a couple of weeks ago. I was in Africa last year in the Himba region, you know, and um, I go to Europe um, where everybody says, oh, I love the bread. Well, I just, you know, I love the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, those changes are so worth it. Ladies, if you haven't seen the documentary yet, you've got to get online and watch it. Unfortunately, we've missed the the free trial period. I know that you know, we've posted online. I know you've uh, some of you may have got in and seen that, but if you haven't, it's still so, so worth it. So go to whatswithwheat.com. Have a look at the the preview there. Make sure you, um, you know, you see the movie. Check in your local areas to see if there's any screenings happening there as well. Um, you've got to see it. It is a must watch for everybody. Cindy, we love your work. Thank you so much for tirelessly, you know, leading this campaign. Uh, it's such important work you do. So thank you so, so much. Um, if everyone wants to find out more about you, where can they go? Well, what's with wheat? will give them a lot of information. But my um, my main company is Changing Habits, which is changinghabits.com.au. Awesome. Um, and if they're interested in an education in nutrition, it's changinghabitseducation.com. But all of them will wind you back to me and what we do at Changing Habits. And, 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 you know, and it's all about education, which is what you guys are about. It's about empowering women um, with education to take the steps, um, to put it into practice. And then hopefully we may have our family and friends see what we're doing and by example, create change within them. And then there'll be that ripple effect. And that's, that's what we're all about is, is just empowering these women so that they can make the changes and, and act on them. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's just been Thank such you. A, an incredible uh, session with you here, having a chat about things that you're so knowledgeable on. We really, really appreciate your time and for joining us today. And thank you on behalf of our listeners, because I am absolutely certain that the ladies listening to this are going to take some of these ideas on board and not only just take them on as intellectual concepts, but actually get into their homes, their cupboards, start checking the products, start looking at packets and start making changes in their own homes to 
change their own health, but also that of their families. So thank you from both of us. We've, we've just had such a great time with you today. Um, ladies, thank you so much for sharing our episode today with the amazing Cindy O'Meara. Please go and check out her links. Go and watch What's With Weed. And we really, really look forward to joining you next week because we have got some amazing guests lined up for the next weeks ahead. So stay tuned and we'll join you next week. Be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.